The narratives dominating the market don't seem to have changed in the past year. Is the economy any different? Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everyone. It's the week of November 27th, 2023, and we hope all of our listeners had a wonderful Thanksgiving, at least those from the U.S., Something I'm always thankful for is when we have our full team together. So I'm very excited to have both Julia Herman and Michael Legalbo with me today to level set on the economic developments from this year. And that's before we launch our 2024 economic and market outlook next week. When we started putting together our 2024 outlook, we very quickly realized that the key economic debates that matter for the coming year, the Fed's aggressive interest rate hikes, market volatility, concerns about recession, these are little changed from when we put together our 2023 outlook. To quote Yogi Berra, it's deja vu all over again. But for the investment landscape, much has changed. That's right. The impact of the Fed's hiking cycle has taken a meaningful toll on interest rate sensitive, liquidity sensitive, manufacturing and services sector, following the typical path from policy tightening to recession. The factor is still going strong, the consumer and the labor market, are historically lagging indicators and tell us very little about the path of the economy ahead. Investors would also be reasonable to say that this economic cycle feels long. Exactly. Comments about the most telegraphed recession can be heard from almost every corner of the proverbial marketplace. But in fact, we are right on time. The rapid pace of the past two years hiking cycle doesn't necessarily mean that those impacts are felt more quickly in the economy. Historically, interest rate hikes have taken roughly 12 to 18 months to impact the economy and 18 to 24 months to impact the labor market. That experience is holding today. And so the evolution of data makes us feel confident. An economic slowdown is already happening and recession is likely on the way. But we must acknowledge what the past four years have consistently shown us. The market has surprises up its sleeve and the past few weeks are a great example of this. So today we're setting the stage for our 2024 review by sharing what has and then what hasn't changed in the economy this year and how that relates to some of the shift in the market narrative we've seen in the past few weeks and what we're going to be looking out for to monitor our views in the next 12 months. With that, let me start by going to Macro Mike. What has changed in the last year? First, I want to humble brag a bit that I don't have three supporting points here. I have four. So we're breaking out of our typical mold. He's a revolutionary. <laughs> Let me rattle these off. Number one, since the Fed started raising interest rates in March 2022, overall U.S. financing costs have become prohibitively expensive. In October, the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield pushed to 15-year highs of just shy of 5%. But we'll come back to that later. These tighter financial conditions have had their intended effect, with number two, inflation cooling meaningfully, though not yet durable. Interest rate sensitive sectors such as number three, housing, and number four, manufacturing, have clearly reacted, which are typically the first data to falter in the standard pattern of an economic slowdown. So what does all that mean to you? 
It means that even though the economy has not yet entered recession, Fed hikes are working to slow inflation and economic activity, just not yet in every portion of the economy. So the operative word there I'm taking is yet. So what are we waiting on for our recession view to come to fruition? In other words, what hasn't changed or hasn't changed yet? Sure. And I have another four factors here of things that haven't changed yet. First is unemployment, which is at 3.9%, still very low. The historic increase in the unemployment rate would put us above 7% in a recession, which very few economists currently expect, but does put into perspective just how strong the labor market is. We can also see this support in number two, job creation. We're still creating several hundred thousand jobs per month, but the average historic recession scenario, we could see several hundred thousand jobs being lost per month. Then let's take the corporate side. Corporate profits still have not cracked, nor have high yield corporate spreads risen. This one is so interesting because we don't need to compare spreads to the global financial crisis to say they look relatively healthy. Spreads are about 400 basis points below the 2016 peak in spreads and nearly 700 basis points below the 2019 peak. These are really powerful data points that Mike is sharing. And just to round out the argument, these are the portions of the economy that shouldn't necessarily be showing recessionary signs yet, because once these turn, you're already in recession. They're the lagging indicators of where we are in the cycle. But there's a twist in this story ever since the October inflation data was released almost two weeks ago. Ever since that data print, where the consumer price index came in at 3.2% year over year from 3.7% in September, U.S. stocks have been up and bond prices have rallied across credit quality with yields falling. Lauren, what's behind this move? Well, What I'd say about what we've been seeing in the markets is that this is the Fed relief rally that typically accompanies a late cycle environment. When you see inflation clearly decelerating and the labor market stabilizing, these are signs that the Fed might not have to do more in its interest rate hiking cycle. And that's great news for the markets. That's part of why we've been seeing an uptick in equity market performance, bond yields moving lower credit spreads looking great. This is a risk on rally reflecting that relief that the Fed may be done. Our concern about that point, because we believe what investors think about the rally, at least when it comes to the Fed likely being on pause, our concern is that this is a moment in time, a sort of Goldilocks moment, which hits just before investors realize why we're seeing a deceleration in employment and inflation, which is because the economy is slowing as well. So, Lauren, let me repeat all that back to you because you made some amazing points in there. You mentioned that cooling inflation is a sign that, to Mike's point, the Fed hikes are working. But the market reaction is interesting because of that why you mentioned. Why is inflation cooling? Cooling inflation implies a cooling economy, which in theory is bad news. But good news because we need the economy to cool, and especially good news because it means that the Fed probably doesn't need to hike more. And there's nothing that the market loves more than some good old policy support. So there's this good news is bad news is good news thing going on. How does it settle out for you? Well, I think it's a matter of timing more than anything, because for now, this rally we're seeing could have legs through at least year end, especially if the Fed does indeed pause in terms of not raising interest rates further in its December meeting, which we expect. 
At some point, though, the narrative about why inflation is cooling has to sink in for the markets, which is a recessionary narrative likely coming in next year at some point. And what do you think we're going to be seeing in the economy and the market to show us what that point is? Well, actually, Julia, let me throw that over to you because you've done a lot of thinking about what the final stages of an economic slowdown look like. Well, I'm a visual learner. So before we dig into what those indicators might be, let me offer up this visual for our listeners. Our economic dominoes, which we've leaned on throughout this year to help us understand what stage in the cycle we're at. The dominoes can help us understand what's changed. The first dominoes to fall, namely interest rate sensitive sectors like housing and manufacturing, and what hasn't, like consumer health and the labor market, which are typically the last dominoes to fall. So in the last few dominoes Mike mentioned, what do we expect to see? What are the next signposts of a recession, given that consensus is that we should have had one already? I mentioned that part of what hasn't changed yet has been corporate health. So the first step of a true slowdown would be a deterioration in company expectations. Exactly. And what does this look like? Negative corporate forward guidance we'd expect to accelerate, and we'd see earnings expectations downgrades. Now, these have both already happened and are deepening. So these dominoes are already falling, as we discussed in our pre-Thanksgiving episode. Then the next domino, corporate profit margins fall. This will be because pricing power declines as inflation slows. Interest costs are biting and also likely because with companies hoarding labor, cost management becomes difficult. And we expect this to show up in the data as an increase in the rate of loan restructurings or general loan distress, along with some defaults for smaller or more cyclical companies. We'd also expect to see special servicing rates among securitized commercial real estate to rise. We'd expect to see banks increasing their loan loss provisioning, which is, again, already starting to happen. Next domino, job insecurity rises as corporate profits get squeezed. We have two preferred barometers of job insecurity here. Number one is the quits rate should decrease because workers would be less willing to voluntarily leave jobs, so less quitting. And number two, we'd expect to see temporary help type jobs likely increasing. And this leads households to adjust their spending on big ticket items first. And let's talk about what those items are. First is housing. We'd expect to see new home sales volume fall. It's also worth noting that existing home sales volume has already plummeted because why would you walk away from a 3% mortgage right now? We'd also probably see remodeling plans slow meaningfully more so than what's happened already. The other big ticket purchase that is on our radar are automobiles, cars. And we'd likely see both new and used auto sales falling. And then as consumer confidence is further pressured and households make holistic changes to spending, we see cost-cutting efforts across consumer demand segments. Here, we've already seen some movement. Lower price point companies have been doing well. Credit card balances across income segments are up, but still primarily for lower income and younger consumers. And last, but most impactful to the economy, the unemployment rate would rise. And at that point, we're in a recession. That one-two punch rhythm you guys have been at will be my new meditation track. I, uh, I want to conclude today with a teaser for next week's episode. Today, and in many of our episodes, we defend our base case view that a recession may be inevitable after the degree of monetary tightening we've seen over the past 21 months. 
but not everyone is along for the same adventure. So next week, we're going to be playing a full-blown board game together, leading each of the three of us into different economic scenarios for 2024. And whichever scenario you like best, how you could potentially invest. So coming up next, we're sharing our 2024 outlook complete with actionable investment ideas, no matter which adventure you choose. But that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. In the meantime, please remember to give us a like, follow, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com. Until then, I'm Lauren Goodwin here with Julia Herman and Michael Legalbo. We'll see you next time. Our podcast is produced by Will Tyus and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with the New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nylife Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. Nylife Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.